0: Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon.
1: Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? It's going to be a riot. It's going to be so much fun. Um we're going to start with Hebrews chapter 12. This is a verse that we have been uh really highlighting the last couple of weeks and it's no it was it was very purposeful on my part. It was no it was no coincidence that we keep coming back to this verse and I wanted to focus on it again today. It is from Hebrews chapter 12 um starting in verse 2 and I want to I want to point out something that is so Powerful here, and then I'll show you another verse where we read the same thing. Hebrews 12, 2. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race that we're in. And then it says this, and I highlighted it for you. I underlined it for you. Study how he did it. Like, pay attention to how Jesus lived this life. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, how many know this This is a Resurrection Sunday type of verse right here? He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside with God. And when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that Jesus plowed through. And that, when you go over that story again and again, item by item, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Like we have to study the life of Jesus and then study it again. We look at his life and we continue to look at his life because then we learn how to live life, how to live the life that we are called to live. First Peter 2.21, I'm gonna point this out to you. It says something very similar. It says, this is the kind of life that you've been invited into. Now watch this. It is the kind of life That Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so you would know that, that, hey, it could be done. And also know how to do it step by step. So this is a verse saying, hey, listen, if you look at the life of Jesus, you're going to see something. You're going to see that he made it, that he did it. He accomplished it. And then we can... We can look at the life of Jesus and study how he did it and learn from him step by step. Everything that we read about Jesus in the Bible is really, really important. And you say, how in the world does this apply to Resurrection Sunday? By the way, I like the word, I like the phrase Resurrection Sunday over Easter Sunday. It just says, I think it says a little bit better what we want to say around here that we're celebrating the life and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So so you might catch us saying Easter every now and then. Don't be legalistic about that. But I really like to say Resurrection Sunday. So you say, well, what does this have to do with Resurrection Sunday? Come on, tell me. Like, how do those verses apply? Let, Let me ask you this question. If we study the life of Jesus again and again, item by item, step by step, then we need to look at every single aspect of the life of Christ, the death of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. And that leads me to a question that maybe you've never asked before. In fact, of all of the Easter sermons that I've preached, I've never asked this question of you guys before. I don't think I've ever brought up this subject. Let me say it like this. You know, Jesus, he... he, he, he was crucified, and then three days later, he rose from the grave. That's why we're here. That's why we're celebrating. Let me ask you this question. Why three days? Why three days? Did God not have the power the moment that Jesus died that he he just, he, I mean, God, the Father could have just breathed back to him and said, oh, 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 okay, you're dead. <sighs> okay, now you're alive. Like, you say, well that, well, that just wouldn't be right. Well, what, what about six hours later? What about 12 hours later? Why did it have to be three days later? Why three days? And I know there's a lot of you that have been avid followers of Christ for a long time, and you're thinking, well, actually, Pastor, I know the Old Testament, there was prophecies in there, okay? So I, I, I get that. In fact, I can even you know, talk about this, that it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz, everybody. You remember... How how Dorothy shows up on the scene and then their house smashes the witch. Remember that and the little munchkins are running around singing this song like she's not only truly dead, she's really most sincerely dead. It, I don't mean to remember that part. It's like we represent the lollipop. Remember that <laughs> now you oh now you remember it now that now that I did that now you remember it. And so um, I don't know why I did that. I just. I'm going to edit that out of the video, that's for sure. So now you remember that part. And it could it be that Jesus, that, that, you know, I've thought about this, like, well, okay, was it, was it because if, if Jesus just died and, and, and God just resurrected him right, right then that people would have thought, well, he was just passed out? And the fact that he was actually dead and he was carried to the tomb and that he was prepared for the tomb and that he was placed in the tomb, and that he wasn't coming out again until Sunday, that he wasn't only truly dead, he was really most sincerely dead. Like, he wasn't just partially dead, he was all the way dead. And you know what I'm saying? Is that the reason why? And, and, you, and you would say, well, yeah, I mean, that sort of makes sense. But can I tell you, could we even go deeper than that? Why three days? Why three days? Everything in the word of God is there for a purpose so we can learn by it. And we obviously know Friday was a good Friday for us, but terrible for Jesus. And we know Sunday was awesome because that's Resurrection Sunday. But can can I tell you something? There's still something to learn about Saturday. You say, "What's, what's there to learn about Saturday? Well, we'll get to that. See, everything teaches, the Bible teaches us, what we need to know, and there are some things that I think that, that many of you have never thought about. Why three days? That every day means something. Let me tell you what Friday means, all right? You ready for this? I'm going to teach you what Friday means. This is step-by-step, item-by-item. Friday. Number one, write this down. That everybody, this is what we learn from Friday. Everybody experiences pain. Everybody experiences pain. Let me say it this way. All of you know what it's like to have a bad day. Let me say it another way. Jesus knew pain more than anybody else in this room or watching online. He experienced more pain than you have ever experienced. And this is important. I'll tell you why in a second. Think think about this. Good Friday, good for us, terrible for him. It was the day that he was, he was in, in fact, not only falsely accused and falsely tried, falsely convicted, but he was beaten, he was spit upon, he was ridiculed, he was mocked, he was tortured. He knew and he knows what pain is all about. Jesus knows. It was good for us but it was really bad for him. In fact, let's read about that just for a second. Matthew 27, 27 says this, then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and they gathered the whole company of soldiers around him and they stripped him and put scarlet, a, a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head and they put a staff in his right hand. And then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and they struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. And then they led him away to crucify him. Jesus knows what pain is all about. Let's let's think this thought just for a second. Think about this. You know, we ask that question, why three days? Let me ask another question. Why was Jesus crucified in that generation 2,000 years ago? Like, if Jesus came to this earth in this generation, and he took the sins on the world himself, and he was accused, and he was tried, and he was convicted, and And they said, hey, listen, death penalty for you, Jesus. In this generation, you know what would have happened? They just would have put him in a cell until it was the right time, and then it would have just been a shot, a lethal injection, in which Jesus would have just fallen asleep, and he would have died. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus lived in in this world, on this earth, that God chose that moment of history in which execution was at its absolute worst. Have you ever thought about that? See, if Jesus came today, it wouldn't be nearly as big of a deal as it was back then, that as we read in Matthew 27, he was absolutely tortured, unrecognizable. Like if anybody knew how to kill somebody, the Romans knew how to crucify people. It was an art to them. They were really good at bringing people so close to death and then stopping. Oh, he's not ready to die yet. We're not done torturing him yet. Jesus knows what pain is all about. And there was a reason that God chose that generation 2,000 years ago for Jesus to come and to live and to be crucified and to be resurrected from the grave. Because God wanted you to know something, that he knows what pain is all about. In fact, write this down, this bullet point. He wants you to know this, that no pain exists that God's purpose cannot redeem. Can I preach this to you just for a second? that no pain exists, that his purpose cannot redeem, that there was, a, there was a purpose in the pain. Did Jesus want to go through it? Absolutely not. Remember what he said? He said, Father, let this cup pass from me, but, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Because Jesus himself knew that there was purpose in the pain, that pain exists, that there is no pain that exists, that God cannot redeem. You know what redeem means? It means to to recoup or to make it right again or to resupply. Let let me say it like this, everybody. Romans 8.28 says that all things, even the pain that you're going through, all things work together for the good of those who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. That's what the Bible says, that God has this incredible way of taking your pain and saying, hey, I not only know about it, I, I not only know how bad it is, but I'm going to take it. And I can, I can give, the Bible says, beauty for ashes and the, the oil of, of joy for mourning. He says, in fact, there's another place. He says, hey, put on this garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Like God has the ability to take your pain and turn it into something beautiful. That there is no pain that exists that God cannot redeem. That he cannot make good. If you're in pain, can I tell you something? If it's Friday in your world, can I tell you Jesus knows? That he's been through it. He knows what pain is all about. And when you call upon him in in pain, don't you know that that gets his attention? Don't you know that you understand somebody this morning came and they showed me a, a broken hand that they have like right now and, and, and immediately I'm like, Ooh, you know, why I said, Ooh, cause I've had broken hands. You know, you know, when you play football, sometimes your, your hands get caught in the face mask of, of other players and they get twisted and you end up breaking some bones. How many guys, you know, that's true. How many have ever had a broken bone? So when somebody comes and says, oh, I broke, no, it, it, I, I broke my arm, I broke my hand, there's part of you that says, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. That's the worst. Jesus knows. He knows. He knows about your pain. And he wants you to know he's there with you. He wants to walk you through it. He, in fact, I say it this way. You've heard me say it a lot. I stole it from another pastor. It's certainly not my phrase, but it's a great one. That your worst day is always better with Jesus. So that's what Friday teaches us. What does Saturday teach us? You're like, Saturday, what does Saturday? I mean, not, Pastor, nothing was happening. They, they like there was nothing going on. They were just, they were just waiting. Exactly. A Saturday actually teaches us something too. Write this down. That on Saturdays, on our Saturdays, we all have the tendency to panic. Like, once you experience pain, once you experience this mega problem in your life, that all of us have the tendency to panic. And don't you know that that's what the disciples were doing? And it not only happened all day Saturday, but we have biblical evidence that it actually started on Friday night when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've actually been there. I've walked that ground where they came and they took, they took Jesus. They captured him in the night. And then the disciples did something that you would have done if you said, boy, I wouldn't have done that. I think you would have because we all have the tendency to panic. And this is where it's found in Mark chapter 14. Here's what we all would have done. Mark 14, Jesus is saying this. He said, am I leading a rebellion in verse 48, said Jesus that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you didn't arrest me then, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And then watch this, everybody. They did exactly what you would have done and what I would have done, that when they arrested Jesus, it says Then everyone, all of his disciples, everyone deserted him, and they fled. They... Panicked. They panicked. They got scared. They went into hiding. They 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 didn't want to get arrested too. They didn't want to get falsely accused and tried and convicted. They they just got scared and they ran. You want more evidence? Let's look at, at the book of John. This won't be on your screen, I don't I don't think, but John chapter 20, verse 19 says, Now This is on the evening of that first day of the week. And he's talking about the evening of the resurrection. The the resurrection happened in the morning, but this is that night. On, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked. Why? Because they were in panic mode for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. He was proving that he was who he said he was. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Can I tell you what, can I tell you what Saturday represents? Saturday represents that moment in life when you are confused and you don't know what to do. That, that there is a pain, there's a problem that has hit your home or has hit your family or has hit you. And you're in absolute confusion, you don't know what to do, you are in panic mode. And I want to teach you something about that. Write this down: that there is no confusion, no confusion exists that God's presence cannot calm. Isn't that great news? That there is no confusion that exists, that God's presence cannot come, because the the disciples were in panic mode. They were hiding out from the Jewish leaders. They were scared out of their minds, and Jesus comes into the room, and the first thing he says, his presence obviously filling that room, the first thing he says is, peace. You know, there's been a lot of times in my life, and and I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one in this room that has ever been in panic mode, right? Like a I've been, I've been in panic mode multiple times, and I don't know why I allow myself to get there, because when I'm in panic mode, I, I do something that probably all of you do, too. I pray. Like, I've I got to go to the church and pray. i got to go to my, my closet and pray. i gotta go, I, I got to go downstairs and pray. i got to get away from my kids and pray. i got to spend some time with Jesus. And this is what happens, and it is like clockwork. When I come to the Lord in prayer, and I enter into the presence of God, and, and I cast my cares on him like the Bible says we are to do. One of the first things that I hear from the Lord, and it's not an audible voice, but it's a, "shh, Justin, I got this. Justin, you, boy, you need to calm down. Have I ever let you down before? No, Father, you haven't. Haven't I been faithful to you? Yes, you have, God. Peace. Shh. You got to calm down. Let me, let me ask you a question. Has panic ever been a benefit in your life? Now, let me ask you another question. Has the presence of God been a benefit in your life? Ooh, come on, everybody. Give, give the Lord an amen right there. Because the presence of God, when he shows up, he just has the ability to calm you when you're in panic mode, that there there is no confusion that exists that God's presence cannot calm. That's what Saturday teaches us. You ready for Sunday, everybody? It's Sunday, so you better be ready. Number three, write this down, that the power of God, Sunday teaches us that the power of God is available to every single person who calls out to him, that the power of God is available. Let me teach this to you in Ephesians chapter 1 starting in verse 19. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. I highlighted this, for us who believe in him. Let me say this this a different way, okay? The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. That as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, As people who understand his power and his presence, that we get to experience the power and the presence of God in ways that most people don't understand if they don't know him. If they're not in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, they don't understand the calming presence of the Lord. They go into a pain and then they go into panic mode, but they don't have anybody to... to, to run to, so they don't run to God, they don't know God, and so they never experience the presence and the peace that our Father gives us through his Son, Jesus Christ, and precious Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody, I'm preaching better than you're amending today. Because you know what I'm talking about, that, that this is something that as followers of Christ, we get to experience the incredible greatness of God's power. What's this about this power? It is the same power in fact, not just that, it is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in place in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, Jesus is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. I love verse 22. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things, watch this, here it is again, for the benefit of the church. Like the ones who are supposed to experience this the most is the church. It's the family of God. Those who have trusted Christ As Savior, now does everybody get to experience it? They do if they call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But because the Bible says everybody who cries out, who calls out to the Lord, will be saved. Everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and it's a benefit that we have as children of God that we get to experience the same resurrection power. Let me say it another way, everybody, that Easter Resurrection Sunday is not just meant to be celebrated. It is designed to be experienced. And that we have the call now, because we are children of God, we have the call to bring as many people into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as possible, because we all want them to experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is not meant to be just celebrated, it is meant to be experienced. I want you to write this down, this final point, that no problem exists that God's power cannot conquer. There is not one problem that exists that God's power cannot conquer How many know we serve a conquering Savior? He's a conqueror. And there's no problem in your life that Jesus cannot conquer. The Bible says that in Christ we are overcomers. The, the, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. That's the way the Bible says it. You're not just a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror if you are in Christ Jesus. You say, boy, I'm I... Pastor, this is good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's called the good news. It's called the gospel. And that's why we love sharing it, because it's so life-changing, everybody. It's just life-changing. And now, for those in this room, you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what I'm preaching is the truth. But no doubt that there's some people in this room or watching online right now, you haven't experienced it, and something inside of you says, hey, I'm ready, what do I need to do? Well, we, we learn from Jesus step-by-step, item-by-item, we learn from Him again and again. But let, let me say it this way, everybody, that Jesus is a conquering Savior, that, that there is proof that Jesus really is the Messiah the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world, and the proof is the empty tomb. But that tomb is not powerful had there not been a cross in which Jesus was crucified on. So to get to the empty tomb, Jesus had to go through the cross. He didn't want to go through pain. He didn't want to go through the problem. He didn't want to go through the suffering. Let me say it a different way. Jesus didn't want to surrender, because that's when he prayed, Lord, take this cup from me. Like, I don't want to go through what I'm, what I'm about to go through. I don't want to go through it, because he knew it was going to be painful. And yet Jesus surrendered to the cross. He surrendered his will. And three days later, he came out of the grave, Everybody. Now, watch watch this, everybody. So if you want to have victory in your life, if you want to experience the power of God in your life, the pathway to victory runs through surrender. Just like the pathway to, to Jesus' victory over death, hell, and the grave, he had to go through surrender. He had to go through the cross. Now, the good news is the Bible says that Jesus died once for all. That means this. You say, well, listen, I want to surrender, but I don't don't want to die. See, that's the good news, that that Jesus died once and for all. He made it where you don't have to die. He made it where you don't don't have to suffer like he did. He took your sins upon himself. That way you wouldn't have to go through it. You say, "Well, well, I thought you said I need to surrender. You do. But you know what you need to surrender to? I say, I'll i say it this way, who you need to surrender to is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to experience victory in your life, the pathway to victory runs through surrender. It's when you come to your senses and you say, Jesus, I realize that you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You are the only way to God the Father. I believe in your birth, I believe in your life, I believe in the cross, I believe in the crucifixion, I believe in your death, I believe in your resurrection, Jesus, I believe in you, and I surrender my life to you, and I trust you as Savior. Jesus, be my Lord. I surrender to you. And you know what you just did? When you went through that act of surrender, which by the way is just a matter of belief, It's not a a matter of the exact words that come out of your mouth. It's a matter of your heart. When you surrender to God, when you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you go through that surrender, Jesus says, listen, I I promise you that that same power that raised me from from the dead is now in you. That same power... New song, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us because of Jesus Christ His Son. For those who love Jesus and have surrendered to Jesus, that same power is in us, guaranteeing us ultimate victory. Yeah, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some problems, and you'll have that tendency to go into panic mode, but you don't have to worry about it. You can be at peace because you serve a powerful Savior, Jesus Christ, who's in you. Amen? Now, if you're hungry for this, and if, you, if you're saying, Justin, today's my day, I've I presented this to you as clearly as I possibly can. And if you say, today's my day, I'm ready. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to know his power. I want to know his presence. I want to know his peace. I want to know his joy. I want to know that I, that I have eternal life and that I get to spend eternity in heaven. Today is the day of surrender for you. Today's a day where you surrender. Could you just bow your heads with me? Just nobody looking around. Now today, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to call you out. This is a moment between you and God. Uh, You will go public at some point, that's with baptism, that'll happen in a few weeks. You'll be able to be baptized, but today is just between you and God. And I'm going to ask a question, is there anybody in this room or watching online, is there anybody here that you say, today's the day that I want to surrender, today's the day that I need to surrender, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life giving you my life, I'm giving you my heart I'm trusting in you as Savior the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we are saved it's not a matter of works it's a matter of belief it's a matter of believing it's a matter of surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and I'm telling you it's just a prayer away it's just a heartfelt prayer away. Knowing that I'm not going to call you out or anything like that, I just want to know, is there anybody in the room ready to surrender your life in Jesus? If so, raise your hand really high. Let me see who you are. All right, lots of hands. Lots of hands. Thank you, Lord. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm so proud of you. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? I'm just going to give you a few more moments. Now I want to pray a prayer. Even if you're at home, watching online, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And again, it's not the words. If you raise your hands, it's not the words. It's the heart behind the words. And if the only thing that you can say today is, Jesus, save me. The Bible says every person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you just say, Jesus, save me, he will. I promise you, he will. This prayer goes something like this, Jesus, I believe. I believe in your birth and in your sinless life. I believe in the cross. I believe in your crucifixion. I believe in your death. I believe in the resurrection. I believe you are Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus, I believe that you are savior of the world. And today I surrender to your lordship. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my savior, I ask. Forgive me of all of my sins and wash me clean. Take me as I am and help me to follow you all of the days of my life, to live a life of surrender, to live a life under your Lordship, to submit to you in all things at all times, to truly passionately follow you, Jesus. I need your help, and I'm asking you to fill me with your power and with your presence and with your spirit, and I thank you now, Jesus, that I am thoroughly changed. I thank you that you save every person that that calls upon you. I thank you that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, that the old is gone and the new has come. I thank you that you have saved me, not because of my goodness, but because of the goodness of Jesus Christ shown in the cross and because of resurrection power. I thank you for saving me. Even in my sin, you loved me and gave yourself up for me. And I thank you for grace. I thank you for mercy, and and I thank you that I'll never be the same again. And I pray it all in the name of
0: Jesus Christ, the strong son of God. If you agree with that, say amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect